Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today are our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce, and Echo reporters, Christian Walsh and Neil Jones. We'll start first. Point of business will be the 2-2 draw at Sunderland. James, me and you were there. And really, do you think it was a fair result in the end? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think, obviously, Liverpool were painfully close to to a big three points but you know I think when you look back over the game you know, Liverpool created more they, they certainly you know, peppered Manoni at times but there was never any real control in the game um, you know, there's a lot of heavy legs out there I was impressed by Sunderland I thought I thought they had a real go um, obviously I think Moyes have been stung by Klopp's comments about when they visited Anfield back in November and you know I think he knew that their best chance w- was to actually try and be on the front foot and they looked brighter and won a lot more battles than Liverpool, um, certainly in the first half. I think thought in the second half, Liverpool were better, um, but, but still not great. Um, it was, you know, poor refereeing decisions went against them. Certainly the, the schedule went against them as well, but they also caused themselves problems with, with making sloppy mistakes. I want to say for all of that, they still managed to get 1-0 and 2-1 up, and they should have seen the game out, shouldn't they, really? Yeah, they should have done. Yeah, and it's one of like, obviously... Mane, uh, who knows what has gone through his head for him to do that? Um, just bizarre, I think. You know, if it, you know, I think quite rightfully, rightly, the criticism of his of him has been relatively muted just because he's been that brilliant all season. You know, he's got a lot of credit in the bank. Um, but the frustrating thing was, Sunderland didn't really look like getting back on on level terms a second time. I thought Liverpool, in fact, had their chance on the counter attack to to get a third and, and kill it off. Didn't take them. Obviously, then lost Sturridge, which I think affected them as well because Sturridge had, uh, had, had been a real bright spark for them all afternoon. Um, and then Klopp, quite rightly, raging about the not not the award of the penalty, but the award of the free kick that preceded it, because Defoe, you know, he, he threw himself to the ground after a, a really light tangle with Lucas and then Chan, uh, and then obviously you know, the, the penalty is just a, a crazy decision for Mane and Defoe turns what would have been a, a really cherished, scrappy win into into a draw that felt like a defeat. I mean, Neil, you were on the podcast last week and I think you said that Liverpool wouldn't get a win at Sunderland or something on those lines. More I think, worried. I think, about more it. worried, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were, I mean, I, I said they, they needed a win at Sunderland. I think me and James were in agreement that we wouldn't have accepted four points over the over the two games and wanted the six. My, my feeling on it was that it puts pressure now on the next game and there's Manchester United away and Liverpool can't afford to, to not win. So you go into Old Trafford knowing you have to win. I think that's that that adds something to an already difficult fixture with a, a Manchester United team that's on the up. Um I, I I did you should never worry about Sunderland. I mean you look at you really do look at it. I, I I I accept all the all the questions about the, the fatigue and the scheduling and what have you. But at the end of the day, you're looking at a team, a Sunderland team that's got Didier and Dong in it. It's got Jack Rodwell in it. It's got John O'Shea. Hard man, Jack Rodwell. No. Yeah, tough guy. Yeah, Jack Rodwell. He even had a shot, didn't he? Had he a did. Shot yeah. on target. Um, you know, it doesn't. It shouldn't matter too much. You know, I, okay, I appreciate that's me being very 1980s about about things, but it shouldn't matter. You don't remember the 1980s. Briefly, briefly. I, only in my my terrible, terrifying flashbacks of an evening. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, 
But no, what I mean, what I'm trying to say is the quality should have been enough for Liverpool to see it through. I was a bit surprised that Klopp only made one change to his team. I thought he would have made. I, I think I would have. I think I said to James during the Man City game. I said, judging by the effort that they put in the second half and how they looked by the end of that second half, I thought it'd be four or five changes minimum. <clears throat> but he went with one. I still, you know, other than two poor decisions from two players, Clavan and Mane, they'd have won the game. And we wouldn't be talking about fatigue, and we wouldn't be talking about scheduling, we'd be talking about Liverpool closing the gap. Kristen, you were at the uh, Manchester City game on the Saturday. I mean, as Neil mentioned, they looked very tired towards the end of the game. But yeah, we were all surprised that Klopp made, I think it was one change, just to put the stadium alight. Why do you think the reason for that was? I mean, I think Neil's written a piece that they made less changes than anybody else over the festive period than any other team in the Premier League. Do you think it's a... Klopp saying that maybe he hasn't got the squad that perhaps he, he believes that he should have, or they haven't got the strength in depth of depth of the likes of you know Chelsea or Manchester City. I think, I think well, there's a couple of things you've got to remember here. Number one, that Liverpool have already been hit with a couple of injuries, so the squad is at its barest at the moment. No Coutinho, no Matip, no Henderson. Uh, that's that's you know I think the Henderson injury especially really put a spanner in the works because I, I do think. Henderson would have been capable of playing that game and maybe Liverpool could have rested one of the more attacking players. I think maybe Firmino might have got a little bit of a rest there himself and, and that would have brought Origi in, but the Henderson injury forced his hand. Ultimately, I don't think you can quite say if it was a, if it was the right or wrong call because we don't know what goes on behind the scenes in the sense that well, you, Klopp said that he asked the players whether they were tired, and whether, but they were not, know, they're but, never going to say yeah, I'm tired, that's, they? Well, they're not going to say that, and, and is he just being a bit glib there? You know, I, I doubt the uh, the extent of his research into who should play was basically asking, do you want to play or do you not want to play? <laughs> I, I think it would have been a little bit more than that, and that's my point, really, in terms of, you know, Klopp's got a degree in sports science, his team are all very much attuned to the demands of, of uh, you know, top-flight professional football, there would have been a training session the day on New Year's Day as well, um, and 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 you don't know that if players didn't look ready, didn't look fit, didn't look like they were ready to step into that breach and step into you know maybe Moreno didn't quite look like he was gonna like he was mentally ready to take over Milner. Maybe Stewart didn't look like he was ready to take over Chan or Juan Alden. Likewise, Origi. Origi's the one that that sort of surprised me. I must admit, I thought he's been playing up front. He's been starting for Liverpool throughout the majority of December. I thought he was an absolute shoo-in to start. Um, but ultimately, we, we just don't know, do we, what happens in training, what happens in the, in the you know, all the sports science nature of it and, and in terms of who's, who's sore, who's not, who, who was responding well to treatment and, and all these sorts of things. I think ultimately Klopp maybe might have looked at it and he might have looked forward rather than behind. And I think he might have looked and said... Plymouth, I'm not going to play any of these players against Plymouth. Mane's going. But he was always going to play Mane. He was always a Mane. I mean, to be honest, Mane was probably the one who, I know he scored, but he's probably the one who needs the biggest rest in general because he's. He, I don't think he's well, missed a minute. The other point, that, that article he referred to about the changes, well, the top two teams that made the most changes over the, the Christmas were Middlesbrough and Leicester. And I don't know if anyone watched Middlesbrough v Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and James well, watching it before. It was... You wouldn't have known they made the most changes, would you? You'd have thought, you'd have thought they'd have played Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, <clears throat> the same 11 players because the standard was awful. So it's, it's no guarantee that you make you make nine changes and all of a sudden you're more fluent, you're more confident. That's the rhythm art argument yeah. that, that Klopp made, mm-hmm. wasn't it? You know, that's... that's... <laughs> 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 I thought you were six on else. Yeah. Um, James, for all of this, though, if you count the Everton game, 
as part of the festive period. It's 10 points from 12. And I'm sure four games ago, you'd have said, oh, we'll have that. Yeah, you'd have, te- you'd have definitely taken it, that. I think, I think it was just, it is just that frustration, isn't it? Of I think it felt pretty momentous at Anfield on New Year's Eve, just significant to that and beating a title rival and just the manner in which it was achieved as well, I think, you know, because I think a lot of Liverpool's greatest displays this season have been almost, you know, the, the shackles are off, just going at teams and, and just blitzing them. And that was to beat City in the way they did, you know, I think only having, what, 43% possession and just controlling the game almost without the ball by just defending so well and limiting them to so few opportunities. I think that then then you felt, now go on, go on and go on and make this a perfect festive season. And they couldn't make it happen. I, I, I kind of, yeah, I understand why Klopp didn't make more changges because, you know, I, I, I understand his reasoning of, you know, you, you would have got a dis, probably a disjointed performance if you brought in players who haven't played much together recently. But I think there were players out. Like Firmino looked like he was out on his feet, to be honest. I, you know, I think even playing Origi on that left-hand side would have, I'm sure you'd have got more out of him than Firmino. But I think, you know, he obviously thought he could just get one last final effort out of them before you know a lot of them probably won't play for a fortnight will they with the Plymouth Cup tie well 10 days before the, the first leg of the Stamford semi-final do you think it says a lot as well about the way football's changed in the last sort of five six years that now Klopp is under pressure for not rotating the squad <laughs> remember Rafa Benitez you know being, getting, yeah. I, I remember you know fans giving up on games just when he saw the team sheet because he's made two changes to the start and then <laughs> changes left back and things like that so it shows that you know, it is becoming a bigger part of, of, of football fans thinking that, that you, you need to rotate and rest and change your team. One thing that never changes with football, certainly with football fans, is that there's always a scapegoat. There's always somebody's fault. Now, do you think that, Neil, perhaps Mane is handball? Now, you know, let's face it, it was pretty ludicrous. But if there was another player on the pitch, say Emre Chan, who'd made that yeah, mistake, or Moreno, Lucas. or Lucas, and, well, any of those, do you feel as though they'd be treated a bit differently by supporters. Maybe, but then, yeah, I think Jamesy was right in, in that Mane's got credit in the bank and also he's not a defensive player. You know, it's not, he's, he's in an alien position, if you like, in terms of that. He, I know he's on the end of the wall and I'm sure he's been there before. It's not sort of like, it's not the same as a, a centre-back missing a sitter or, or you know, a, a, a winger failing to, to make a tackle. It, it's, it's sort of, it, it is just one of them things and, People, people who don't play football, I think, struggle to understand what goes through someone's head. But I think I've done it in five a side where you just put the balls there and you just sort of you just throw your arm at it and you, you do. It. And obviously, the stakes are a lot higher when you're in a Premier League game and you're in your penalty area and there's six minutes to go and you're going for the title. But sometimes you just you just react to something and you do it and you think, why have I done that? You know, there's always this thing about delivered handball. It's got to be delivered handball, hasn't it? Well, to me, there's. There's no such thing. Yeah, exactly. There's no such thing as the round ball unless you like Suarez in the world. Yeah. Like but no player deliberately handballs it. They, they do it because it's an instinct and then they think, oh, I've given away a penalty there. You know, I think you could have got a penalty against Denver Chan, couldn't you, for handball with when I think it's Yanazai just lifts it up and he sort of Chan by his sides, sort of throws an elbow at it and, and, and blocks it. So it's just yeah. I, I think it would there would have been more few if it had been Moreno or, or Lucas who's given it away, but I think that just says that they've got less Less credit in the bank. Christian, I think there's also talk- an understanding as well that there's mental fatigue of player. I mean, you, you know, let's let's forget about football for a moment. Let's just like transfer this to any job. We'll all know ourselves. We we, we cover a game and get back at three o'clock in the morning or whatever or, or what whatnot. 
and you're back in at nine o'clock the next day. Thanks very much, Dave, for the rotor. Turn this into a rotor. What have we got, James? We've got rotor fatigue. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> rotor fatigue. Yeah. But you know that mistakes will creep in. You need someone to, to, to a second set of eyes on what you write, and, and it's the same for anything, no matter what your job. If you're tired, you, you can't do your job. Can't, as, as the well. thing is, you say that, but. Me and Jade noticed that the minute that he did that, for the last 10 minutes of the game, Mane was just running maybe around. Like, focused like, no, no, maybe that like, he focused on it. He was like, oh, hang on, I've got to make up for this. You, know, you, you, you look at the Mane trying, thing, you yeah. look at the Cham one as well, maybe it is just a case of, you know, without, yeah. they don't realise it, but they're just a bit tired I mentally. Know, and you, just think, get, you would have got players in that game thinking, just looking up at the score, going, just eight minutes, come on, eight minutes, nine minutes, ten, rather than thinking, go and get a third, third, fourth goal. I think they'd probably been thinking, just get this through, get six, seven minutes, and then you sort of, then you stop doing maybe what you you would be doing normally or what you've been good at. So I think you would have probably got that balance, and that, that would explain why Mane is sort of, you know, he, he's he's up and about once he's made the mistake because you, you're thinking right, well, it's not eight minutes to hold up now, it's it's eight minutes to go and win it. I mean, I think that's what Klopp was intending when he brought Origi on. I think he basically went two up top and he thought, right, there's the second. Now it's time to get the third. Let's let's just you know, I, I don't want any sort of chances. And then obviously Sturridge gets that little knock. And then it changes the system all again. Now, you know, there's there's bad luck, there's good luck all throughout the season, but Liverpool have had a, a, a you know a slice of bad luck there that, that Chelsea haven't for the for the whole, entire campaign. Their striker has, has gone off, hobbled off injured. I know it's hopefully it's not too serious, but you know, Klopp has basically said, Right, here we go, we're going two up front or we're at least like giving Sutherland another thing to worry about. And then they have to change it straight straight away again. And, and that's something that Chelsea haven't had to deal with. That's something that a couple of teams haven't had to deal with, but Liverpool have. And that you know you can't underestimate that as well. James, the one player who was missing from Saturday, which I think we've already touched on, is Jordan Henderson. And <coughs> while Emre Chan came in for a a bit of a hard time from supporters, you know, after the game. I mean, I was doing the ratings and I gave him a six, and quite a lot of people seemed a bit upset by that. Uh, which I think he did better. He did better second half. He was yeah, terrible. He, he was terrible in the first half. He was getting like muscled, out muscled yeah. by. Jack Rodwell and stuff like that. Second half he did better, but but Jordan Henderson. It's a case of like you know, let's face it. Three months ago, people were going, he can't be a holding midfielder. He can't do that job. But now it's like, oh bloody hell, get him back in there quick. I know you're right. Yeah, I think it's similar to you know you, you don't really appreciate what you've got till it's gone, and that was certainly the case with Henderson yesterday. Um, big big miss. Um, obviously, Chan did get a lot of stick. I didn't. I thought when Alden was poor as well and. Probably a lot of that was down to physical and mental tiredness. But you know, even even for the first penalty, I know it's a stupid challenge from Clavin, but if you look at it again, it comes from a throw-in where Ndong has has just shrugged Wijnaldum off far too easily. Um, and yeah, that midfield, especially in the first half, there was just absolutely no semblance of control whatsoever. It just didn't didn't really function with Chan and Wijnaldum alongside each other. And you know, I wonder whether with hindsight, Klopp maybe would have even you know, would have maybe regretted not giving Kevin Stewart a game, um, because you know he, he's not he's not actually obviously nowhere near Henderson's level, but he he would have, I think he maybe would have provided a bit more composure in the the middle of the park. I mean, in terms of Henderson, I think you know they're they're still waiting to discover the extent of that heel problem. Um, at the moment, there's there's fluid on it, which means that the medical staff can't be a hundred percent sure exactly on on how long it'll keep him out for. I think certainly he wouldn't have played. I don't think against Plymouth. This weekend, anyway, and I think you know at the moment it's almost like you know the first leg of the semi-final is probably a long shot. More realistic is getting himself fit for that um, that big big game at Old Trafford a few days later. Neil, Daniel Sturridge injured again. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I think you wrote, didn't you? I think it's the ultimate summary of his Liverpool career. <laughs> it was scored, yeah. played well, went off, injured. Um, it's a shame, shame for him because he looked, he looked sharp and uh, you know, very sharp. And you think, I think he had six shots and they were all on target. And I, I saw, I saw a couple of stats saying that I think he had more shots on target than sort of three quarters of the Premier League yesterday. You know, in terms of teams, so. That's that's what he's got. Uh, you know, I think Klopp was trying to play down the, the extent of the injury after the game, but it looked like it looked like he'd never walk again. That's going to play again. When I mean, JG spotted him after Trent the game. Trent Alexander-Arnold had to yeah. carry him down the yeah. tunnel, didn't he? You spotted him after the game, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. When he was he was limping heavily when he got on the coach. Um, I think Liverpool obviously waiting to, to learn the extent of it, but um, you know the, the worry is that as we saw. What was it back in November time when you know it, the word then was that he was missing a game just through a tight minor, calf and minor calf, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and he was out for a it was a month good, wasn't good, it? Good, so a month, yeah, yeah. Over a month, so you know I think you know, it was interesting the fact that Klopp used the used the phrase just a knock, um, but you know which you'd you'd hope would mean that he'll be back fit before too long, well, but the, the worry is with Daniel Sturridge knocks tend to keep him out for a while. Well, you'd think, wouldn't you, that Klopp... I think there's a bit of mo- uh, motivational thing in, in what Klopp said in terms of... He's probably thinking, Daniel, you've got two games there that you, you, you'll you start, both of them, if, you, if, you, if you're fit, and you'll probably, you'll probably rack up... You know, you get a hatchet against Plymouth, you get a good goal, maybe, against Southampton, and then you're in the team at Old Trafford. But, you know, I think that... That will... It'll be interesting to see whether he's... Uh, he needs him now, though, doesn't he? Oh, definitely. He needs, needs him, especially... Especially, you know, if... If Coutinho has to have another another week or two of, of, of recuperation, obviously Mane's gone now. You know, Origi, you know, has done well, but he's sort of there's still an issue, I think, with the balance of the team when Origi plays and Firmino goes out to the left. So I think he definitely needs uh, he definitely needs Daniel Sturridge over the next few weeks. Now it's January, and that means transfers. Um, James, you wrote a piece last week about Lucas Leiver and that he may be going to Inter Milan. Then rejoice! It turns out he might not be going anywhere. No, I think at the moment it's probably looking more likely that he that he will stay put. I think everything probably hinges on what other offers come in for him. I mean, I think initially it looked very likely that the Inter Milan deal would go through, but I think you know the more that discussions have advanced, the more it became clear that they they wanted an initial loan with a with a view to possibly buying him in the summer rather than any any firm commitment and. Um, you know, that that doesn't appeal to the player. I don't think it appeals to Liverpool uh, either, because you know I think I think Klopp's made it clear that you know, he he you know he I think he went on record a few weeks back as saying that no first team players would be sold in January. Um, you know, and it, now I understand he you know he views Lucas as a bit of a special case because of the, the ten years of service that Lucas has given Liverpool, coupled with what happened last summer where you know he had a very lucrative offer on the table to go to Galatasaray. Klopp basically said to him, look, I'm really sorry, I, I can't let you go, we, we need you, we need you to p- provide defensive and midfield cover. So, so Lucas effectively kind of sacrificed himself for the club at that stage. So I think Klopp thinks that at now it would be unfair to block another move for him. But, you know, Klopp and Lucas enjoy a close relationship and I think there's an understanding there that any move, any deal would only happen if it, it suits everyone. And at the moment, there isn't an offer on the table that suits everyone. Um, I, mean, Luke, I think it's been... There were some stories going around that Lucas would be out of contract in the summer, and that's definitely not true. He's got 18 months to go on his contract. So, um, you know, I I think, as it stands, it's probably looking more likely he'll stay put. And I hope he does, because we talk about injuries biting. 
you know, there's a, a vastly experienced player who can cover two two positions, and I think he could still be important for Liverpool. Christian, do you think that Lucas should should stay? If you're Liverpool, do you want to keep him? Because obviously, if Lucas gets this great offer, he'll undoubtedly. I, I don't. I don't see. You know, you you look at the the, the squad against Sunderland, and you know, if Lucas isn't there, who is? You know, and and, and I know he obviously came on, and he's coming for a little bit of criticism for you know when he came on. I don't think he did that badly, to be honest. Um, but you know, Sturridge goes off. Who, who comes on? You know, in terms of okay, there's Kevin Stewart there, but he hasn't got the experience that Lucas has got. And I just, yeah, I, I, I don't see why why Liverpool would want to deplete the squad even further at the moment. I mean, obviously they're in a bit of a bit of a tricky situation at the moment. They've got injuries, but he, he is the sort of player who, who can play those play to, as James says, two different positions. Um, there's there's still an FA Cup run. There as well, uh, that could possibly be be, be there to uh, to go on. You know, you got Plymouth in the in the third round, and then let's say Liverpool get past that, which everyone expects them to, regardless of the team you put out. And then you know you get a League One team in the fourth round and a Championship team in the fifth round. You're in the quarters by that point, so he'll be needed. And you know, I don't think anyone would have any issue with him even starting against, for example, Southampton in the in the, in the League Cup semi-finals. Neil, um, talking of another defender for Liverpool, Dejan Lovren at half-time with James Milner going off he took over the armband and you know it's something that perhaps 12 months ago people just wouldn't have believed that he's been given that A that he's in the team still yeah. B that he's playing well and C he's now given the responsibility and the trust of Klopp to take on the armband Yeah yeah, absolutely we, we spoke about it in the last podcast and we myself, um, James and Andy about the sort of comeback kids if you like of Liverpool and you know you would have looked around for armband contenders and when Milner went off and there'd been a few of few go into that category of, of sort of, you know, who'd have thought, you know, Dejan Lovren, Adam Lallana, Sam Minulay would have been considered as, as captains. But, you know, he's he's done well and I think he was one of the better performers against Sunderland generally. You know, got himself an assist with a, a lovely uh, lovely spotted pass to Daniel Sturridge <laughs> from, from the corner. Um yeah, it's just just a shame. Just a shame that, you know, the errors of, of a few others have, uh, have cost Liverpool a, a, a half-decent defensive display. It's cost them two goals with uh, with penalties. Well, I think the City game with the clean sheet, there was that then five and eight clean sheets yeah, or something yeah, like that. Eight, yeah. So all this talk, I mean, Klopp's always said, I don't think we've been defending badly any, you know, all season. He said it's just there's been individual errors. Would you go along with that, James? I mean, you see, the, yeah, see yeah. them on, we do. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I don't think Liverpool have defended poorly in general. I think they've given away some really soft goals, but... Um, but you know, in in general, they've limited teams to to very few chances, and you know I I agree. Although Lovren was out, was outstanding at the Stadium of Light, I thought he was Liverpool's best player, um, and he has really grown in stature. Um, and when when you think, you know, how much he struggled at the, at the start of last season, um, you know he had some he had some great moments in 2016. Obviously, the the late winner against Dortmund being the best of them, but you know he, his his consistency has improved a lot. Um, you know, I think you know he is. He's now showing himself to be that kind of defensive leader that Brendan Rodgers talked about when he first signed him, and obviously we didn't see that for a long time. Um, but he, you know, he has developed so much under under Klopp's guidance. I thought Clavin regressed a little bit at Sunderland. He wasn't. He wasn't. You know, he was. He was outstanding. It, it, against... seemed, it seemed like Sunderland had kind of picked on him as well, hadn't they? They'd gone like, right, he's the one that you want to get up against. Yeah, which I, I, I think I he, City did that as well, didn't he? Yeah, with... but he. I mean, he, I thought he was great against yeah. City. After but he got the early back as well, especially yeah. considering yeah. the bookings. Yeah, um, but yeah, he just. 
I think again, probably probably the fatigue factor. Um, you know, he wouldn't have played two such intensive games in in such quick succession as that. Um, so yeah, that was a shame. I mean, the other person I think probably deserves some praise for for, for what was a pretty disappointing afternoon all round was Simon Mignolet because the save he made from Defoe at one one was 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 huge, and he just his general performance again. Like you know, he kicked well, he made some big saves. Um, you know, just commanded his penalty box well. I, I thought, you know, just you talk about players who have been kind of reborn under the clock and, you know, it's someone whose Liverpool career looked like it was in absolute tatters four or five weeks ago, whatever. It now looks, you know, like he looks like a, a different keeper altogether. I don't think enough's been made of that save that he made from Defoe because Defoe's yeah. one of those players where when he goes through, yeah. you're expecting to yeah. score. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, we, all, we, can all, all get brought yeah, down. we can all name a player who, when he's three, just goes, he's never going to score, but... Defoe's yeah. one of those that can. Look at James. <laughs> <laughs> James would never run the that. The other thing I thought Mignolet done really well, and I th- it got me thinking. I noticed when Defoe hit that one quite early on from outside the box, it was a real, real powerful shot bouncing just in front of him. He just held, held it. it. And, and then and was the, he doesn't spill many Mignolet. Well, there was another not, one after that where he palmed it out. It was well out. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he doesn't. He doesn't make a lot of. For all the errors that he has made for Liverpool and the different types of errors, you know, with his feet and coming for crosses and stuff. He doesn't. I think his handling's pretty good in terms of you know, he doesn't he doesn't spill many out to, into dangerous areas and things like that. And I, yeah, I agree, I agree with James. I think, I think back. He loves he loves a little Christmas redemption, doesn't he, Simon? Yeah. And, you know, he loves he loves sort of around Christmas. He comes alive and, and goes on a, a lovely run of uh, of clean sheets and good form and, and let good the ball go out and play it. Turf more. Yeah, we all. We all Never forget that. It's <laughs> Kirkland's better though as well. I was well. going to say, Chris, you did the, the halfway you, line. Yeah, stop it. You did the ratings against Man City and at half-time you'd given him a 10 mm. simply because he chipped the ball over Aguero. Well, he did keep you up and then chipped the ball over he Aguero. He did. Now, the thing about this is that the commentators were going, oh, he got away with that. But if you're someone like Neuer or yeah. De Gea or someone like right. that, they're going, oh, brilliant skills and all this kind of stuff. And this goes back to what I was saying before about the old Mane handball if it was Chan Lucas or Moreno, it's all about perceptions, isn't it? It's like for Mignolet, his job is still to try and change that perception of him, isn't it? I don't think he will change that perception. Regardless. Have you given up on him on that? Regardless. Uh, no, Not I, on I, him no, as a player. No, no, oh, definitely. I, I think he will forever sort of be tired of that, and he could be a, a Premier League title winning goalkeeper. Uh, with Liverpool having saved 29 penalties in the, the title side and game and people still won't be able to <laughs> What an afternoon that would be. James thinking about the rewrites. Anthony Taylor re And Andy Kelly still... I'm going to replace that half-time with Mike Dean. Andy Kelly still only gives him an eight. But I just think that the die has been cast there, sadly. I think he's been a... Since he's come back into the team, it's more than the redemption of the Brad Jones situation a couple of seasons ago. I think it's even bigger now. I, th- I think he looks a, a much better goalkeeper all round, to be honest. I know he had that moment against Stoke. And what moment was that? The one yeah, where he let the ball in, yeah. I know. Well, I, people, I, people, I, people, I, that's what I, I don't that's what think I'm saying. it's his fault for that one. I, think, I, think it's, I, I genuinely don't think it's his fault. You can debate, that that can debate it, but Which the fact one? that... The, the Stoke the goal? goal the near post. I thought he should have been better, but... I'm not having that, because he ended it quite hard, and he... It kind of caught him by surprise because he did catch him everybody's by surprise. He did it quite hard. <laughs> oh, sorry, what would you say then? What would you say? Come on. It was quite a powerful header. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a blunder, was it? No, it, no, was, it wasn't no. a blunder. It was, yeah. It's just one of them ones where... If, he was if, within if about keeps, two inches of making a brilliant save. people will be going, that is an amazing exactly, save. Exactly, yeah. But, because it ends up in the net. But that aside, 
that aside, I think he's been really, really yeah. solid, dependable. As you say, he's held yeah. everything. He's been keeping clean sheets. I mean, he, he, he only conceded those two from, from penalties, obviously, and he can't yeah. really be expected to save them goalkeepers. Yeah, so, he did. Well, did yeah, he, did. Yeah, he, he yeah. went the right way. So, and as I say, his distribution's getting better. I think that, that that's an obvious thing he's been working on when Carrius was in the team because he, he looks to release it a lot quicker now. Um, I mean, we, we do need to... It wasn't just a commentator saying he got away with it. I, I can I can one hundred percent confirm that the press box when he did his third keep up over the there was a, a number of people gasping in in the press box as well. Especially when he, he then he then calmed everything down by playing an outside of the foot volleyed pass out to James Milner. But with these initials are this person J and P um, there was there were a few initials in there to be honest. There was certainly a, it was an AK or certainly a Northern yeah. Irish accent as well. <laughs> Right, we are now 20 games into the season, just past halfway. Uh, I think Liverpool are on, is it 43 points? Which is yeah, 44, 44, 44 now, sorry, 44, 44, 44 now. Is that the best at this I know it was the best. <laughs> <laughs> that well, takes well, research. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> after, 19 yeah, games, is, yeah. after 19 games, it was the best tally. Yeah, so it, there's it, a very good chance it might be we haven't really researched this properly. Please forgive us. Well, the, the thing, the, the scary one is, isn't it, that if you, if you just transpose... First half and second half and, and, and mirror them. Chelsea will end up on ninety eight points. Not well, that's gonna not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. So that that's that's a positive. So Liverpool would end up on eighty six. Eighty yeah, eighty six. Yeah. Which is that that's probably not gonna happen. So how many did they get? They got eighty six in two thousand eight nine, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they got, got eighty four, I think, in eighty in two thousand thirteen, fourteen and lost the league by a couple of points. I think got the highest tally of a team that's never won it. It would have been enough, this, the points they've got now would have been enough to be top of the league in three of the last, I think, three of the last seven seasons. So that is, that says a lot about how well he's been doing. I think you can't shy away. People will say, well, it's, it doesn't matter if you're five points off the lead. But I think it does matter. It shows that the process, what Liverpool are doing, is good and, and, and is working to, for the most part. That's that's the judgment of, of how well you're doing his points. And think back to Gerard Hulier, he used to say two points a game, that was always his mantra, wasn't it? That he mm. always tied to two points a game over the course of the season. We're Liverpool above that comfortably at the moment. So for all the doom and gloom I still think there's uh, there's plenty of good to take I, from I I, I, I I even think the Sunderland draw is met completely differently of Chelsea with this unstoppable winning machine at the moment. I mean, it can't be put into words how much that's a that's almost like you go, well, okay, so let's let's take Chelsea out of the equation, which is I know is a bit of a silly silly thing to say because they are what they are and that's who Liverpool have got to beat to win the title. But let's just take them out of it. Let's just say they're back in the pack alongside Liverpool, Arsenal, City. You beat Manchester City 1-0 and then less than 48 hours later you go to Sunderland, the David Moyes side who's looked to dog it absolutely and the crowd's up for it. It's Christmas, well, it's New Year, everyone's up for it. cold. Really, really cold. Just one of those horrible sorts of games. They give away two penalties. The referee's not giving Liverpool anything, you know. So you know, give or take, and they come out with it with a point, and everyone goes, Do you know what? That was a good point, though. You know, it could have been free, fair enough, but it could have been zero. You could, you could, you could have gained a point as well. Could, yeah, exactly. In the, in the old days, I mean, it's whether it's still the case now, I don't know. But it was always said that Christmas was the time when the best teams made the moves. But if you look at the top six, apart from when they played each other, they've. They nearly all won nearly every single game. And, and that last season, everyone was going on about how it was with, with Leicester doing as well as they were. That you know, it was everything had levelled out, and the TV money had enabled all the mid-table clubs to compete, and that, that was why it was all becoming so more competitive. But I think it just shows that last season was 
just a freak, wasn't it, in terms mm. of so many top clubs having problems. 16 league now, isn't yeah. it, really, yeah. when you look at the gap. Danny Simpson won the Premier League. The thing is, at the moment, you're right, Liverpool are in a fantastic position. If anyone offered them this position say, yeah, I was gonna, in August, I was gonna you'd, say like, this to you'd you. have absolutely bitten their hand off. Of course, you, you said you're five points off the top yeah. and in second and, and I think, say, said, I think what, another thing is that it's Chelsea and that people didn't expect it to be Chelsea at the top. So if, if you said Guardiola City five points yeah. down the road, they'd have said, well, yeah, probably Guardiola yeah, will get it right at City. Because it's Chelsea, it's like, oh, that could, that could be Liverpool because... Chelsea was so awful last season. And I also think if it, if it was City or if it was Arsenal, you, you're looking at it and going, well, Champions League comes back in for me already. Yeah, yeah. It's just that they've looked so relentless. Yeah. I've done the research for you, lazy swines. Um, and can we say <laughs> Such that Such a podcast? potty mouth. Well, I said bloody before, so, so, yeah. okay. um, <laughs> 45 points after 20 games in 08 09. So, it's the well, there you go. Best. so they're already getting worse. <laughs> um, but, but just to contextualise that a little bit. Um, can I say that on this podcast? <laughs> um, you say like, yeah. They were three points ahead of second place, place Chelsea. They were top three points ahead of Chelsea. United had three games in hand and were ten points behind. And they had Nabil Elziar and David Ngog to come as well. Mm. They and did. when you think Liverpool have got what is it, 13 points out of the last 15 without Coutinho and without Matip. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's since the Bournemouth game, isn't it? No, no, it's since not because West it's, really, it's since West Ham. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that is an amazing tally. I think without two such, you know, yeah. what you'd say Liverpool's most devastating creative talent and their best defender with an away derby and Guardiola's um, yeah. So not to mention trips to the Emirates, Stamford Bridge, and, and White Hart Lane yeah. as well. And I, I I don't think Chelsea beat Tottenham on Wednesday night. Ooh, oh, that, in fact, we'll come. Tot- we'll, Tottenham we'll, we'll, are a we'll really to... really good side and they're in fantastic form at the moment. Well, I think Chelsea well Tottenham are always going to be Tottenham and at the moment that they realise that they're Tottenham again that's I'm, when they'll become Tottenham I'm telling it's, you it's they're early, getting a result it's early they can do that at Anfield yeah, later in the they month. won't be Tottenham well, until April they beat them 5-3 last time Chelsea won the league you remember New Year's yeah, Day yeah it was New Year's Day it was New Year's Day I was in the whole City press room I think I think it was the day when we had no knives and forks, but they had pie and gravy. Was this whole Everton? The whole pl- yeah, yeah, was, yeah. was it? We did Liverpool play because I was, was Liverpool that day. And then when Liverpool went there, I poured carrot soup on my pie. That was a steak and kidney pie with carrot and coriander. So, that's what I knew to title one comes back. Even Brendan knew then. Right. To finish then, before we start talking about the best press box food, which we all know the answer to that is Chelsea. Got give them the title. Just give them the title for that. Yeah. Um, we're going to ask you who you think's going to win the league, who you said was going to win the league at the start of the season, and where you think Liverpool are going to finish. I'll start with you, Neil. Who do you think was? Who did you say at the start of the City. season? I, I said, City. I thought City. Was <laughs> who do you, you think's going to win it? Chelsea. And where do you think Liverpool are going to finish? Top, as in top four, <sighs> winning the top league. Obviously not winning three. the league. Top three. I top think three. third or second, Liverpool finish. Christian, same question to you. Who did you say was going to win the league at the start? Chelsea. Yeah. Did you really? I honestly, it's me. But looking yeah, back, I can't yeah, bet on all eighty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put yeah. I put my money on Chelsea. Okay, and who do you think's going to win it? Liverpool. And where do you think they're going to finish? <laughs> I don't have to ask that question because you have to tell me, right? You <laughs> <laughs> completely flummoxed. I know. Yeah, that's just throw me. Just well, throw me completely. Yeah, Jay. J, J, J. I know what you're going to say here. I don't know why I asked these questions to you, but are Liverpool going to drop another point this season? <laughs> <laughs> who, who did you um, say was going to win the league I, this season? You didn't yeah. say Liverpool. No, no, I thought Man City, I thought Man City would win the league. Um, I, th- I think I said I thought Liverpool would be third. Hmm. Um, I, th- 
I, 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 it's so difficult to call at the moment, isn't it? Because there's six. I think you'd have to be brave to even try and predict who's going to finish in the top four. So who do you think's going to win it? Then? So I think at the moment you'd have to say Chelsea yeah. are the are the favourites because they haven't got Europe. They're in such a fantastic vein of form. But I still think you know, it's. I, I think anyone in that top six could win it, and I think. I think it's got the makings of an unbelievable title race. Liverpool will definitely be top three. Whether they'll be any higher than that, I think much will depend on on uh, on injuries and, and and getting a bit of good fortune along the way. What about you, Ian? What about me? I said at the start of the season in my column. Apparently, I have a column. You always remind me of this. That I said that Man. I said actually said the top six will be Man City, uh, Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool fifth, and Tottenham sixth. And as far as I'm concerned, Chelsea have already. Won the league, as far as I know. They, they, they haven't already won yeah. it, but it, they're not. They're not going to get. He's caught. already. He's already. Well, no, you look at, on the parade. You, you you look at Conte's team. So if they lose, if they if lose tomorrow, okay, it doesn't matter. They, they can lose another three. Away. Okay, they can lose another three games, and they can still. No, they can, they can lose. Another, Liverpool going every single game. They haven't got much United. depth though. They haven't yeah. had any injuries yet. They're bound to get a couple of injuries. Oh, just well, ah, yeah, and it's January. So if they get, say, they get an injury now, they're just going to sign somebody. Well, they'll sign someone, won't they? They're not stupid. You forget yeah, that. There's a lot of variables uh, that you, Th- you refuse to consider. In your I'm just considerably arrogant. Just because I'm you being decisive. Just, just because I'm being decisive in this comment does not make me arrogant. Are you worried about Manchester United? I am concerned. What do you mean, decisive? I'm not the open top bus, please. I've got a week off. I get the feeling Neil wants me to tell everybody about what I think of Manchester United, which is. Which is, which is genuine, genuinely. I think they are unconsidered contenders, and I think that they will finish in the top four. And the worry is that they could finish above Liverpool, and would that be enough to then push Liverpool outside of the top four? I, I, That's Arsenal, the thing. Arsenal, the ones for me that I think I, I'm still not at all convinced by Arsenal. I think Arsenal could be sixth. Arsenal just Arsenal. When was the last time you were convinced Arsenal by Arsenal? Could, Arsenal could be sixth, but when they, they could do with Chelsea, they could mm. be sixth and win the Champions League. Something absolutely yeah. spectacularly mad like that. See, you'll be, they'll be an overly decisive now. Totally good. But of the top six, I think the, the two North London clubs are the least convincing to me so far. City, City probably. Are, you forget you, just you, you know the quality. The, City you forget have. just City just about scraped in that top four last yeah. season. You forget that. Because everybody got or Damien Johnson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob Palmer, yeah. James, anything more to add to that? You felt like you were gonna say something then? No, no, I've said everything I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll notice I've managed to get away by not saying where I think Liverpool will finish. Right. Uh, Go that on, will no. That will I oh, actually Liverpool. Seventh? No, they're not gonna finish seventh. Um I'm still if they finish in the top four, you'd be happy with that. We didn't talk about Kevin Stewart. But what do you want to talk about him? Just that Liverpool had loads of interest in it. <laughs> but they're not going to sell him. What a way to end. <laughs> On that bombshell. <laughs> On that bombshell. On that bombshell. Join us later this week where I won't be here, but these lot will be. And they'll be talking. Goodbye.